don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for red hot truth injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot damn. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee. Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A. This is Universe B, Colin, and we're gonna tear you a new one. You mind? Okay, everybody. Hi. It's me, Nap again, back from our long break. We were doing things. It was fun. Yeah. So, anyway, I am here with Kathleen O'Keefe Canavos. And uh, you are a little bit of a dream detective, aren't you? Well, Nap, you're, you're one of the few people who can actually read my name correctly. <laughs> just, I'm so impressed. Oh, yes, cannabis you. is much like cannabis that you smoke, yeah. but with a K and with a, with a V instead of a B. And yes, I do um, delve into dreams and try to discover and decipher the signs and symbols that are left there and what they might mean to the dreamer because you never know your dream everybody dreams we know that but some dreams can save lives and i know that you are one of the authors on a book uh dreams that save lives where you uh share a whole bunch of stories of people who were actually able to diagnose their illnesses a lot of times before the doctors were even able to uh detect it yeah that that's right nat um the 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 book is called Dreams That Can Save Your Life, and it was co-authored with uh, Dr. Larry Burke, who was chief of radiology at Duke University at one time. Now he's partially retired, but he's still working at Duke University uh, Medical. He's the radiologist there. And what was happening was people, women, were coming in with a diagnosis of breast cancer, and part of uh, the the information that he would collect from them was how was it found? Was it MRI, mammogram? Did you find it yourself? And they would say, I found it in my dreams. My dreams told me I had it. Then I went to the doctors and had tests performed and the pathology reports confirmed the dreams. Mm. So it's a little different. It's a little backward from, oh, going and getting uh, uh, diagnosed with something and then you have dreams about it. This is you had the dreams first and then got diagnosed. And I've been listening to the audiobook of that and jeez, uh, it's really just mind-blowing. Like the, these people, there's so many times when they are spot on down to like even uh, microscopic breast cancers that were not detected until they did a punch biopsy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy. And and the resistance the doctors give, which understandably, if, if they mm -hmm. open it up to that, then then you'll have people coming in saying, well, I, I dreamed that I need liposuction, so you have to do it. <laughs> That's a good one. I have right. to remember that one. <laughs> but I understand why they're a little resistant. But but it's just it, I, the, the courage of these people to come forward and say, like, no, you have to do this. This is what you have to do. Please trust me. And um, in one of the stories, a woman says, prove me wrong. <laughs> and I thought that was that was great. That uh, it's just like, okay, 
oh, we, we will perform the biopsy and you're going to see. And it came back and she was correct. Mm -hmm. so, That's yeah. right. That happened over and over again. And, you know, I know that, that your podcast is, is out there on the edge, which I love, you know, <laughs> I just love that. And so one of the, the stories in the, the dream book is about a woman who has a dream that she woke up from her dream mm. and in her backyard was a silver spaceship. And these beings came out of the silver spaceship, these aliens, and walked up to her and said, you need interferon for your treatment because she had been diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer and had been taken off of all treatment, sent home to get her home in order, her house in order, find out who was going to raise her two-year-old daughter because she was only given months to live. And... She uh, said, it's called what? And they said, interferon, interferon. And they gave her two pills. Mm -hmm. And she went back to her doctor and said, I need this. He put her on it. And she's here today, 20 years later. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's, um, yeah, the connection between the mind and body is something that I, I think that kind of in modern day, we, we've been taught to really ignore. It's like, no, you're a body, just fulfill your duties, show up, go to work, get your paycheck and um, <laughs> all the other stuff, shut it down because mm -hmm. you don't need it. And so we're taught like, well, don't, don't attend to your dreams. Don't attend to your emotions, stuff them into a shoebox and hide them in a drawer. And, but, uh, what mm -hmm. kind of what your, your book is telling uh, both of your books, you've also written surviving cancer land. Um, what your books are telling us is that we really need to start paying attention because the mind and the body are not two separate entities. They, they work in tandem with each other and they do. Yeah. And we need to start acknowledging that. Right. And, and I've written a couple of articles. I've, I've got a column in BizCat 360, Biz Catalyst 360 magazine. And it's really kind of a business magazine, but they also have a spiritual arm to their magazine. And one of the stories I wrote about was how the brain and dreams are interconnected. Uh, if you think of your brain as a computer mm -hmm. that runs your whole body, when something goes wrong, with your body, let's say you've caught a virus and you don't even know it yet. Like with, with, with the coronavirus that's going around, you don't know it yet. There aren't any symptoms yet. You have not shown an increase in temperature to show that you're running a fever, but your body, your brain has been told by the rest of your body that you've been invaded. Your brain can suddenly talk to you in your dreams and show you an army moving in on you and fighting your army. And you have all these war dreams all of a sudden that happens a lot. And that happens because our brain is directly connected to our body and our brain speaks to us through our dreams. One of the things that I thought was really interesting. Um, and, uh, you, 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 definitely touch on this in uh, Surviving Cancerland, you also touch on it in uh, The Dreams That Can Save Your Life, is that the dream, the subconscious mind, it doesn't work the way the conscious mind does. It's not as straightforward. It works through symbolism and it works mm -hmm. through things that are very specific to you and your emotional state. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. A lot of the stories where uh, 
people are symbolizing cancer as crabs coming into their house. Right. Yes, you're you're so right, Nap. If you think about it, some of the the most expensive paintings in the world mm-hmm. uh, show symbolism. The painting is all about symbolism, and that's why you can sit there and study it for hours and hours because the painting is speaking to us much as our dreams do using symbolism. Um, The interesting thing is a painting, just as as a Michelangelo painting, even on the Sistine Chapel, speaks to everybody differently because we all have our own internal language and our own dream language. So when our body wants to speak to us, it will often speak to us with signs and symbols. And then going back to the time of the caveman, caveman would scratch those signs and symbols on the side of the cave, like, you know, what a sun looks like around circle with, with with lines coming out of it and a moon looks like a croissant and and a star you know can have different points on it so those are universal signs and symbols on the earth plane for day night stars rain water we know what waves look like when they're when they're drawn we can decipher all of that and so our dreams usually speak to us as if we are watching a movie or we are looking at a painting, but occasionally nap, they will actually speak to us. We may be watching something in our dream because we seldom see ourselves. It's like we're in the first person narrative nonfiction looking at what's happening in our dream and we'll hear a voice that will actually speak to us using words rather than symbol. But here's the kicker. Often it will be a symbol that's speaking to us. For instance, in my dreams, it was a monk that came into the dreams and they're speaking to me. Other people have had birds or animals speak to them or aliens coming down in a spaceship, speaking to them, using signs and symbols to a degree, but mostly using words, language. And that's the way that you're you're able to convey this message to yourself. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's so interesting. Um, though in your book, you also talk about um, dreaming for others. I love dreaming for others. Nap. Last night, you know, it's hard to run into people who can do tandem dreaming. Mm-hmm. That's where people uh, who are connected by heart or connected by DNA actually have the same dream, but their states countries, cities apart, but they have the same dream at the same time. The other dreaming in tandem uh, started in the in ancient uh, Egypt with Imhotep, who was the high priest to the sun god Ra. He started these dreaming temples. And when people would have dreams that they didn't understand, they could come into the temples and they could sleep on the floor next to their religious leader And they would dream in tandem. And then the religious leader would tell them what their dream meant. Because these were, you know, like dream detectives also. You know, they would get in there and they could understand the dreams. Then fast forward to, that was 6,000 years ago. Fast forward to 4,000 years ago in the Asclepian dream temples of ancient Egypt. uh, Ancient, I'm sorry, Greece. Mm -hmm. And the same thing would go on. uh, People who needed to know why they couldn't get pregnant if they should move and get a new job, why their crops aren't growing, would come into these Asclepian dream temples, lie on the hard dirt floor, 
next to a priest and they would dream in tandem. There's another type of dreams that happen, which was on my radio show last night, which is Dreaming Healing on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. We had a caller call in and she said, because we were talking about life after life, which connects directly into dreams because our deceased loved ones also do visitation dreams through the sacred dream doors. They're given permission to come back from the dead, come back from heaven or wherever you think that they went, and interact with us through our dreams during difficult times. And so this woman called in and she said, I lost my husband. Uh, It hasn't been quite a year. And my son called me the other day and he said, Mom, I had a dream with dad last night. Dad came into my dream and he walked up and he hugged me and he looked so sad. And, and it wasn't until I hugged him back and told him I was so happy to see him that I missed him and I still loved him that he looked happy. And the mother said, I had the same dream. Did you have that dream night before last? And he said, yes. She said, I had the exact same dream. And he actually looked sad till I said the same things. And they wanted to know, was it just a dream? Was it really their husband? And how could they both dream the same dream in different states during a different time period. In other words, they weren't on the same timelines, mm-hmm. yet they had the same dream. And that's because of those sacred doorways and being able to dream with and for others. It just means we're all connected to universal oneness through the sacred dream doors. You talked about uh, having a guide, like a constant character who comes to you. I think yours is a Franciscan monk. <laughs> I think that's very, very interesting. Were you were you raised Catholic? I wasn't, Nap. I was oh. raised Episcopalian. Oh, interesting. I know, I know. You know, I really didn't even know what kind of a monk it was, but I could I could describe it down to the monk's leather brown leather sandals. Wow. That's how close I was to them. And I, I when I would explain the dreams to my husband, I said, I don't know what kind of a, a monk this is, but they've got huge hoods and they pull the hoods up over their faces. So I never see their faces. Um but but they all look the same and they walk with their hands inside of their really big uh sleeves. And so I don't really even see their hands that much. And I said, I don't know what kind of monks they are, but they're definitely, I believe they're definitely monks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's, we were walking around in New York and there was a Franciscan monk convention. Mm-hmm. And we were walking down the street and I yelled at my husband, there's one, am I awake? Shake me, am I awake, am I awake? So in my dreams, these monks would come into my dreams through what I called pop-up windows in my dreams, just like a pop-up window on your computer that would go from a window into a door and they would walk through and say, we have something to tell you, come with us. Mm-hmm. No, not using symbolism, although they were a symbol. Mm-hmm. I would follow them into the room between realms. That's a room that's neither of the living nor the dead. It's a room that you have to be invited in by your spirit guides or or guardian angels, and the dead are allowed to visit there. It's not a place you live. Nobody's living there. It's like a waiting room or a visiting room in a hospital. And uh, they took my hand, they placed it on my breast, 
And they said, do you feel that? And I said, yes. They said, that's breast cancer. You go back to your doctor tomorrow without an appointment and you tell him you need a second set of tests. And this is after he had done a mammogram, blood test, and physical exam and told me I was healthy and to go home. And it turned out it took three months of the monks constantly coming into my dreams and badgering me to get back to that doctor and stand in my power and not take no for an answer to finally convince my doctor to do exploratory surgery. After a monk gave me an angel feather and said, you use this like a sword on him. And um, I was in stage two breast cancer with it in a lymph node. Yeah, that's amazing that you caught it in time like that. uh, And and it's all about being vigilant about your health. Yes. This is my body. I'm telling you, it needs help. Please help me. Yes. That's, that's, I think that's really phenomenal. Um, And I hope that other people are more encouraged to, uh, you know, um, doctors are people. They're fallible. Um, Mm -hmm. They make mistakes. Scams aren't perfect. And uh, so sometimes you you do need to say, like, I'm telling you something is wrong and I need you to help me. I need you to work with me. And I I think that's so important. Um, The spirit guides that you talk about, I want to talk a little more about because I I myself, um, I'm a lucid dreamer. I write comic books about my lucid dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so awesome <laughs> I can't tell you how so cool that is oh thank you I, I feel like uh, that that's how I have to handle it because my dreams are so visual I have to like put down the, the visual evidence of it uh, in addition to the words and you know the message that is conveyed to me and it tends to be very surreal but they're meaningful to me and so I put them out there and what's kind of fun is because um, there's, there's the term the author is dead so <laughs> When you put your work out there, um, you can't come in and say like, no, no, that is supposed to mean this and you're supposed to feel this way. But the, the pr- people reading it go, well, uh, you know, this is what I take from it and this mm-hmm. is the message it gives to me. And so mm-hmm. it, it's a constantly evolving message. And I really like that about putting things out. And I'd been really burnt out on my comic book. I hadn't touched it for three years. Mm. And, then, <laughs> and then when I just had restarted it up because I had this really powerful dream. Um, And then you got... Isn't it funny how that happens? That dream comes in and just shakes you. Yeah. And then you got in contact with me and I was like, okay, this is a little synchronistic here. Yes, (laughs) we contacted on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How how strange is that? And I mean, we just, boom, let's talk. Yeah. Well, my spirit guide is is not as... um, profound as a Franciscan monk. It's, it's Meg Ryan from Top Gun. Uh, <laughs> I love Meg yeah, Ryan. I, I do too. She's adorable. She's <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, she's got the line. She says, take me to bed or lose me forever. And I took mm-hmm. it literally. And uh, y- you talk a lot about wordplay in dreams. Uh, and I think that's maybe one of those is uh that that's maybe why she keeps popping back plus i was raised in uh san diego i grew up here most of my life and uh top gun you know takes place in miramar the san diego Mm -hmm. area and so it's 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 one of those things that kind of ties in but i always know she's kind of my dream sign Mm -hmm. i always know that i'm in a lucid dream when i'll see a poster of meg ryan or i'll see meg ryan on my t-shirt or Mm -hmm. um yeah and it's uh she she is just the one who conveys the message to me. And, That's awesome. I yeah. love never heard that. Usually in my dreams, if a monk doesn't show up, 
Um, and sometimes they are just walking beside me in my dreams and they're pointing things out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a, a giant um, snake, the Kundalini. It will okay. grow up in my dreams and I know to pay attention to everything around me. Something is going to be really important. It's usually a cobra. Uh, and, and are you a practitioner of Kundalini meditation? No, I had to go look it up. In fact, (laughs) the last dream I had, I had to actually go to the computer and start looking stuff up because I said that was too weird. I mean, I I have no idea what that, what just happened. I was actually in my house up on Cape Cod Mm -hmm. and I went down into the basement and my mother who has passed away, her sewing kit was down there. It's a, an old wheelie sewing kit that you open up and then your, your, your thread is in there and your needles are in there and your, and your measuring tape is in there, all that stuff. And it was moving across the floor into a room where I store paint and mm-hmm. stuff. And then I got it. I followed it into the room because I thought, oh, good, my mom's going to show up in the dream. Because usually when weird stuff happens like that, I get a visitation from somebody who's passed over. So I followed it in there and I saw my dad's workbench and I thought, oh, well, great. Maybe both my parents are going to show up. And I'm standing there. It's a it's a concrete bunker looking room with with cement walls. Uh, Nothing else is in it. Just my mother's sewing kit and my father's workbench and this shadow of a huge cobra, we're talking like a 10 foot cobra, Mm. comes up the wall and I'm going, okay, there's the Kundalini, what's gonna happen next? The cobra opened its its throat, its neck, however it does that, and it turned into five cobras, two on each side of the major one. And I thought to myself, this is too weird for even me, I'm out of here. And I turned around and went back up the steps and out of the basement and I woke up going, what the heck was that? And I remember just before I was, when I was running up the stairs, I wasn't really scared, but I was cautious. Mm -hmm. I thought, what is that? Why five heads? What just happened? Why is it just a shadow? Where's the real snake? Because I'm looking all around the room as I'm running up the stairs. Mm -hmm. And I found out that it's part of the Hindu religion. One of their deities sleeps on the stomach of the five-headed Cobra. I had no idea about that. No idea, unless I was tapping into universal oneness again. Yeah, yeah. But it was scary. <laughs> it was really scary. Yeah. Now let's let's talk about the universal oneness for for uh, a moment. I mean, that's it's almost humans are almost recreating a universal oneness through the internet, but mm-hmm. it's this like web of consciousness that exists all around us that you're you're saying that we can tap into when we dream. Yes, we yes, we can. We can go back to the Akashic records. Um I have this saying that only I use. I use the ocean of gnosis. And gnosis is wisdom from everywhere, not just the earth plane, not just our consciousness, but the universal consciousness of all the universes. And it's an ocean of knowledge, and it's where we came from and where we return to as a drop within that ocean of gnosis when we pass over. And energy and emotions can draw us back out of that ocean of gnosis to visit our our loved ones on the earth plane when they call for our help. And so that is the attraction and the connection to that universal oneness, that ocean of gnosis, all the wisdom, everything you ever were, everything you ever will be, anyone you ever knew in this life or past lives 
is all in that information that we can access through our dreams. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah, I like that. I have a, a reoccurring dream about uh, hovering over sort of a stormy ocean. And uh, then the water sort of starts to clear and becomes calm again. And then you can see the sea foam is starting to form these uh, diamond patterns and it becomes a dance floor. And all these people either come in from a ship or they rise up out of the ocean on staircases and then they all kind of come together for this like a uh, little cotillion that they have in, in the middle of the ocean. And <laughs> I wonder if that's- That's like the ocean of Gnosis. Yeah. All the people in there dancing together, reconnecting with a body rather than just consciousness mm -hmm. to feel. It's hard to feel when you're full consciousness. Right. You have to have the nerve endings in the in your skin to be able to do that. And that's one of the that's one of the things that spirits almost miss. They they kind of they envy us in that that we can reach out and actually physically touch each other and experience that sensation where they just walk through us. So, so they just exist in a state of, of pure mental energy. Mm -hmm. so. And they can pull energy around us. If you notice, I don't know if you do or not, but a lot of times if there's going to be a spirit in a room or somebody who's passed over who is going to try to come into the room to make themselves known to somebody so that they don't feel alone, they don't feel deserted, the lights will flicker. Hmm. And the reason for that is they're drawing energy around them in order to, in order to create a smell or a sound or maybe just a shadow. I, I just find it fascinating, uh, both your books and all the symbolism and, and all the uh, knowledge that we, we stand to gain if, if we're willing to tune into something that I guess in, in the modern day is seen as like a little fringe, a little esoteric and that kind of thing. But it's like, mm -hmm. well, if it helps you, then what, what's the harm in doing it? You don't have to announce to people. You don't have to walk into a coffee shop and be like, hello, does everyone want to hear my dream? <laughs> and chances are they'd say yes. Yeah. And pull their right up to your table. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, yeah, no, I, I think that um, it, it's, it's healthy for us to sort of be a culture where we're not afraid to share our dreams and kind of talk to each other. And I mean, if nothing else, it's a, it's an icebreaker, a conversation starter, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. Are you willing to do a little dream interpretation on the show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I can tell you about uh, the recent dream, which is actually uh, the subject of my pop-up comic book. Um, I'm releasing a um, very short uh, mini book from, from my comic book to sort of get the ball rolling for Comic Fest 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's available to my Patreons, and it's also going to be available to anyone who comes to Comic Fest 2020, just mm -hmm. for free. So, mm -hmm. um, But yeah, and it, it was a dream. It was actually a waking dream I had. I, I woke up. And uh, I have uh, my bed is right up against the wall, right uh, on the corner of uh, where the bathroom meets the closet kind of area. And um, I, I looked and there was the head of a skinned horse kind of staring around looking at me. And mm -hmm. uh, it was speaking in Russian and it, it uh, basically mm -hmm. said, wake up. And I was just kind of looking at it. And then it sort of. And I got the, the attitude that it was being playful. And it said, you know, follow me, come with me, let's talk. 
And mm. I was like, okay. And <laughs> so I, I followed it around the corner and there's kind of blood splatter on the floor from where it was and little bloody hoof prints. And then when I look up, instead of the wall that usually is there with the shelves and everything, it's this long hallway with these uh, sort of skylights that open up and create these sigils on the ground. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the horse is standing there and it sort of says, you are beholden to monsters. And when I'm looking at it, I can see that uh, it's been completely skinned and you can see the arteries and veins sort of pulsing. Um, and you can see the blood dripping off of its body and everything. And um, in mm -hmm. the dream, I feel this familiarity with the horse. I feel this kinship with the horse. And I'm sad to see it like this, that I've known this horse and now it's it's on its way out. Somebody's tortured it and hurt it this way. And so I come over and I touch it and I say, I know. And it says, and I can't carry you away. Not this time. You mm -hmm. have to carry yourself. Mm -hmm. And and so that was kind of the, the dream that I had. Um, and I have one interpretation of it, but I'm very curious to hear yours. Okay. Yeah. Well, if we look at universal symbolism, the horse mm -hmm. is the symbol of a message. It's the messenger from the gods. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at uh, even... And, the, and it's through all the different cultures. If you look at the Viking cultures, the German cultures, uh, the Middle Eastern cultures, the horses come and carry you to the afterlife. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when a horse, which is a message, appears to you skinned, mm -hmm. it means it is a raw message see the play on words mm -hmm. it's raw it's stripped away and it's showing you its bare essence yeah and it's speaking to you and saying i can't be your messenger this time you must be your messenger but it's also saying something very interesting that uh it, it said that the monsters that it's connected to the monsters that you are connected to. Yeah. So your connection with this message that you must now take out to the universe must come from you. Hmm. But aren't all monsters really part of the heritage of the earth? There's always truth hidden just beneath the skin of the monster. Yeah. I think that was a great dream. Yeah. So it, it was enough to make me want to start getting back on my comic again, because I, I had really burnt out on it. I wrote two volumes of it, and uh, I would sell it at Comic Fest. And I, I found actually uh, a couple people who really liked it and really enjoyed it. And then I would get people who are just like, this is just weird. What the <laughs> heck is wrong with you? And I'd just be like... Yeah, like <laughs> Frankenstein wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Frankenstein was the result of a dream. Exactly. Yeah. And what I thought also was very interesting, it just came to me, is how the horse led you down the hall of life. Yeah. Blood is life. Led you down the hall of life into the light. Mm, yeah. So you have to bring your dreams into the light of the day. So I, I guess I got to keep on keep up with the, the podcasting and the comic books and stuff. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yes, you do. I, I can't let myself get overwhelmed by people giving me nasty reactions anymore. So no, no, <laughs> no, absolutely. You cannot dare to be you yeah. dare to be different. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's hard as a creative person, and you probably get a lot of um, negative response to the work that you do too, is, is carrying a creative message and just, you have to be a little sensitive, you have to be a little bit attuned to your emotions, and then to get that, like, really aggressive response that really, like, the mocking kind of tones that people give you is just, it, sometimes it's a lot, so... Yeah. And you know what I do? I focus on nap is what other people think of me is none of my business. True. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, if I don't mind it, it won't matter. In other words, if I don't think about it after it happens, it won't become a part of me. And that's how I have to stay above it. And I'm sure that's what you're going to have to do as well, because you've got an incredible message and you found a really incredible way to share it. Um, and so, yeah, definitely embrace that. Don't give it up. Don't listen to those people. They're probably perfectly boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're not boring to themselves. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, they feel safe to themselves, but you're thinking out of the box. You're playing out of the box. And by doing that, you're encouraging others to come and play with you mm-hmm. out of the box. And a lot of them will. And those who are not ready won't, but they might later. You've touched their minds. So, yeah, that's something to keep in mind. That That is always kind of my frustration point. Is. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, you gotta got to carry the message for the horse. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, right, uh, the horse can't do it. And you never know, the horse may show up in your dreams again with all its skin back once you do. It could, yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I do have a lot of animal dreams, and I know that's one of the things you talk about in your book, that animals have uh, really powerful meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and would you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, animals have been spirit guides for human beings forever. I mean, they were here before we were. Mm-hmm. And you can see them on all the different totems. Yeah, the different totems around the world, whether they're Indian totems, native totems, or, um, you know, people wear their 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 animals around their on their bodies as jewelry mm-hmm. and there's a connection there so animals coming to dream into dreams is is so very natural and there's there's actually a story in the book dreams that can save your life mm-hmm. um where a man has a dream about a bird a blackbird which is a messenger again uh it's usually the messenger of death lands on his face and is pulling a worm out of his nose, out of the side of his nose. He goes to the doctor and says, I don't know. I had the weirdest dream right here and points to it, you know? And the doctor looks and says, I don't like what I see right there. Takes a biopsy. And it turns out he has cancer that is growing inside of his nose and heading for his brain. Mm. So he, uh, then has a dream and the doctor goes, you know, where we need to send you, for some more tests and stuff. And he has a dream where he's lying in the woods and all of these animals from totems are surrounding him. And they all move to the right in tandem, one spot and then another spot and another spot until they come full circle. And there's a big hole in his nose at the end of the dream. And this bird comes down and craps in it. Wow. <laughs> it poops in his nose. And then he realizes that he's healed. And when he goes in and has the, the cancer removed, it turns out it did not go into his brain and it never comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one man's poop is another man's pudding. <laughs> That's true. It's true. I, I remember that uh, you saying that story that uh, 
the Indians, uh, and I'm not sure which tribe, but uh, believe that it was lucky uh, to be pooped on by a bird. It was, a, yeah. well, that, that's good. I, I actually had a bird crap on me over the weekend. So that that's, Oh, you lucky thing. Now, I, I'm excited about that now. <laughs> At the time it felt inconvenient, but now I'm like, Oh, well, that's good. It's good things to come. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was a sparrow though. And I think in the story it was an Eagle. So I don't know if it's as lucky, but yeah. <laughs> Sparrows uh, in, in sailor mythology, and San Diego's a sailor town, they, they're, um, a lot of uh, sailors will get sparrows tattooed on them because the sparrow always finds its way home. So, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I raised a sparrow. Yeah. It was a baby when I was in Berlin. Its name was Peep. Aww. And uh, I raised Peep, and then when he got big enough, he, would, he flew away. He joined all the other sparrows. But any time I would come out to play... I was in Berlin when the wall went up and I was in first grade at that time. When I would go outside to play with my dolls, I'd be sitting in the front yard playing with the dolls and Peep would come down and land on my shoulder and just look around and the Germans would freak out because <laughs> they'd go walking every day and this little bird would land on my shoulder and crawl up on my head, crawl the other shoulder and, and fly away. And uh, so the Germans used to come out looking for me when I would be outside playing. There'd be a bunch of them watching to see if Peep was going to land on me. Oh, <laughs> very cute. Um, now, in, in Cancerland, you talk a lot about uh, surviving Cancerland, I should say. You talk a lot about symbolism and uh, so, some of the things like you talk about your very strange Alice in Wonderland sort of journey. Mm -hmm. um, and would you like to sort of whet people's appetites a little bit for about for what uh, goes on in that book? Now, you yourself uh, went on a cancer journey. I did. I'm a three-time breast cancer survivor, and every single time my dreams found the cancer that was missed by the medical community. And none of my books are doctor-bashing books. Don't misunderstand. Yeah. What they are is books that are hopefully helping to teach the medical community to, to listen to their patients that were, you, you don't worship science. Science is a gift. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you worship the giver of the science, your God, your higher power, not, not the science. And there's so much more to us than, than just science because science can't pull apart the dreams. Yet when you work them together, they're amazing. So in surviving uh, cancer land, I, I wrote it as a first-person uh, narrative nonfiction diary form. And so it has all the dreams in it, and I break all of the dreams down and, and tell the reader what I'm getting from the dreams at that time and then how those dreams actually manifest in the waking world later on. And it was like Alice in Wonderland nap because the doctors, you know, bless their hearts. I love them. They saved my life just as my dreams saved my life. But when they give you medication, they really don't know what's going to happen to you. Mm. Are you like Alice going to grow really tall, shrink down to nothing or just disappear? And I found that to be true with every single medication every single treatment. And that's where my dreams were really important coming into me, uh, coming into my, my consciousness at night, my sleeping consciousness and saying, no, don't do that. Do this instead. I know the doctors told you to do that, but we're telling you to do this. And I would do that. And the doctors would say, well, this is amazing. What did, what did you do? And I tell them, they go, well, we, we, we don't advocate that. And I said, yeah, but maybe you should think about advocating it now for something as simple as 
taking your vitamins because when you're taking a strong chemotherapy, they don't know that your vitamins are going to react negatively with the chemo. They just want you to stop everything except the chemotherapy so that they can watch whether it's going to work or not. But the truth of the matter is your body is so beaten down by that chemo that if you don't have something to help it, like your vitamins, because you don't want to eat, you're sick. Mm -hmm. If you don't have vitamins to help you build yourself back up, it's not the cancer that kills you. It's the cure. You yeah. can't recover from the chemo. And so my spirit guides, the, the monks, everybody, I mean, they go into the, the dreams go into deep detail on what I dreamt, what I heard, what they said to me, and then what I did. So, you know, in a way, it's a, a map for anybody going through cancer treatment, if, you, if you're a patient, on how to navigate those those rough waters. But if you're, you know, uh, somebody who is into dreams, dream therapy, studies dreams, Freudians, um, you know, it, it's an incredible book just to study what happens when you're in crisis and how your dreams can come in to save you. Now, dream therapy is something that I'm pretty interested in. Um, that uh, I think that sometimes with, with analysis, uh, when, when you're just talking to someone, mm -hmm. your conscious mind lies because there's this expectation of what the other person's going to think. Are they going to judge you if you say something like, you know, uh, mm -hmm. if, if, if you give them a very honest answer that they'll judge you or then conversely, you do have those doctors who really just want to, you know, get, get, get you out of the chair and get the next patient in. And they're just like, well, we'll just prescribe this and see what happens. But dream therapy, I think is interesting. And I know that you had talked about, um, a friend of yours had called and asked you to listen to, uh, her spirit guides. And mm -hmm. when she was about to go into a surgery, mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, it's true. And that's in, that's in surviving cancer land. That's the first book. And, um, you know, it was funny because my spirit guides are so curt, <laughs> you know, I, I said, you know, uh, so-and-so, um, had, um, a spot seen on a, a test for inner ovaries. And, um, I said, uh, she would like me to ask you to speak with her guides about what's going on. And my guides said, you know, we don't do hoops and neither do you. And I thought, well, that's really, I, that's really mean. And I, I said, yeah, I know, but you know, I would really feel more confident if you could give me some information that could be validated in the future by pathology reports mm -hmm. for somebody else, not just me. And they sat, stood there, the monk stood there for a second and said, okay, she's going to have the surgery. They're going to find ovarian cancer, but that's not going to be the problem because they're going to get all the cancer in that one ovary, but they're going to wonder if they did. So they're going to go in and take the second ovary, but it won't matter because it's not in there, but they're going to use the wrong sutures to close her up. They're going to think they're dissolving and they're not. She's going to get a profound infection. So when that infection shows up, you have her tell the doctors that that's why she's got the infection. He's got to go in and change out those sutures. I thought, well, all right. 
And, and, and just like you were just saying nap, you know, you don't want to tell somebody that cause you don't want them to go, you're crazy. Right, right, <laughs> you right. are insane. You're certifiable. But I did. I just, I just focused on what my guides told me. And I thought to myself, they would not tell me this if this were not true. So I told her and she went in, she told her family members and they're like, that girl's certifiable. She's totally crazy. She went in for the surgery and everything that the dream said happened. Mm -hmm. They found the cancer in the one ovary. They turned her around. She wasn't even out of anesthesia, wheeled her back in, took the other ovary, found it was clear closed her up. She came down with an infection that was so bad. She kept telling the doctors about the dream at that point, and they were ignoring her mm -hmm. that she actually ended up with a heart condition as a result of it. And finally, the doctors went in when a bunch of other patients also came down with the same infection and realized that the sutures that he had used had been mislabeled and they were not dissolving, had to go in and redo all of his patients that day because they had the wrong sutures in. And while she was in the hospital, um, I actually did um, a, a, uh, dream where I connected in her hospital room with her sort of astral travel. Mm -hmm. And I saw all these people from her family that were in color, whereas the rest of the room that were visiting live were black and white. They gave me their names. They told me who they were. They were in there to watch her because she was in ICU. And they turned to me at the last minute, just before I left and they posed and they said, we're in the album. And so when I woke up, I called her daughter. I told her the dream. The daughter went to her mother's house, found the album, found the picture, took it out of the album. And on the back of the picture were all their names. That, that's, that's very profound. That, uh, that, that's got to be just a little bit vindicating for you. <laughs> <laughs> It was, especially when the, you know, those dreams are just so crazy. It's like, I, I can't tell somebody that. And then I go, you know, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. Take a step back. This is about them. And you're just the telephone line. Right. Tell when you're talking into the phone, you don't suddenly have the phone say, excuse me, that's crazy. The phone is not involved <laughs> in the conversation other than to, you know, give the information. So. Yeah, exactly. So very nice. So, wow, that's, um, I think that's, that's just really exciting. And again, I, sh I should say, and, and you've said it before as well, that, uh, you would know where saying don't attend to doctors, just you're, you're saying that this should be used in tandem with your doctor, your doctor, help <laughs> your doctor give you the treatment that you need. Right. Use it as guidance. It's guidance with your doctor and, and feel free to tell your doctor, look, I'm having these dreams. But if he says, well, here, take these pills so you don't have dreams anymore. Don't take those. Mm -hmm. Your dreams are guiding you. And, and a nightmare can be a gift in disguise. Mm -hmm. You can have a nightmare that wakes you up in the middle of the night because the information is so important. Your spirit guides, your guardian angels don't want you to forget it. So you know, have, you know, in the book that, that, that you read, uh, dreams that can save your life. Mm -hmm. There's a chapter in there called seven ways to remember your dreams and use that chapter to help you remember your dreams. 
set your intention, organize yourself, have a paper, pencil, light, whatever next to your bed. So you can write that nightmare down right away. You'll be amazed at how much it can help. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. You'll read a lot of books about like, well, this is the way that you induce this. And it's like, well, if it doesn't work for you, it's not effective. You have to find the methods that work with your specific mind. We're all different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now you uh, have worked or or um, have had some kind of connection with Robert Wagner. Yes, uh, he's he's with um, uh, the ISD International Association for the Study of Dreams, yeah. and I, uh, Larry Burke and I, Dr. Larry Burke and I have been presenters there. So we we know him through our presentations. He's a presenter as well. Um, he's done a lot of lucid dream books. Um, and so we love to get together and chit chat. Yeah. I, I'd say that he was one of my, my big inspirations when I, I came to the realization that having lucid dreams wasn't something that everybody just had, mm -hmm. um, that, uh, and I started reading about it and I started actually writing my comic book and putting my stories together as something like, well, let's observe these and let's see what message is in there because it doesn't have to be relevant to anyone but me. So mm -hmm. And, right. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was really uh, excited that they, you, there's these whole conventions that there's actually like a social media site that they talk about in Dreams Cloud. Yeah. It's... And yes. And uh, that's actually kind of how I met Dr. Larry Burke is through Dreams Clouds. Um, and he had been doing research. He, he was a researcher at Duke University Medical. He did uh, research on d breast cancer dream research. Hmm. He found 20 women, well, I was the 20th, 19 women whose dreams diagnosed of breast cancer before they went to the doctor. And so the book Dreams That Can Save Your Life is all about his dream research with those 20 women who are the backbone of the book, and I'm one of them. And then what happened was we only have about nine of those women who wanted to be in the book. A lot of people don't want to talk about their dreams. Their families don't want them to talk about their dreams. And even the, the caller last night um, was, was cautious about talking about their dreams as well because they didn't use their name. They changed their name before they came on <laughs> to the show. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we're, we're all kind of, we find each other and Larry found me and then boom, 20 other people within a year came into our book with their dream stories of how their dreams diagnosed their illness. Mm -hmm. And then they used medical conventional medicine in, to heal themselves. So it's not like um, that rare. It's just rare to find them. It's rare for them to come out and share. Mm -hmm. And so Larry and I are actually putting our second book together now. So if you're listening and you've got a dream that diagnosed, it doesn't have to even diagnose an illness. If you've got a dream that somehow came true in the waking world, we'd love to hear about it. And you can email me at katkan, K-A-T-K-A-N, at comcast.net. Or you can also connect with me from my, my website, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. And that's K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N. O-K-E-E-F-E-K-A-N-A-V-O-S. 
S. And I know that your audience mm -hmm. has a lot of dreamers in it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. today, your audience, if they go to my website and they look up where it says newsletter up in the right-hand corner, there's also a button there for a free gift, and it's the 101 Dream Course. I'll give it to them today for free. Oh, wow. All they have to do is put the name of your show in there, and they'll get it for free. I'll tell my webmaster. <laughs> Very cool. I think that there's a lot of people out there who are going to take you up on that. I definitely will. <laughs> Great. And so do you have any engagements coming up where people can uh, hear you speak or anything that you'd like to announce? Well, um, I don't I don't think I have anything scheduled in the near future, but you can listen to me every night on my radio show, which you're going to be on in, in uh, you're going to have an episode airing in, in June. Yes. Um, I, the name of my show is dreaming healing and it's on dream vision seven radio network out of Boston. And I believe starting next week, it's going to be a video podcast radio show. So you will be able to see me and see my guests. So when you're on the show, your, your, um, your followers will be able to see you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very cool. So you can come in costume if you want. I don't know, dress up like an alligator or something, whatever. You want to <laughs> that would be very exciting for people. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. I I'm looking forward to that. And it was a pleasure speaking to you today. Um, I, I hope a lot of people are inspired to tune into their dreams. Uh, and if anything, just keep a dream journal for no other reason than to look back on it and think about like, Oh, that's what was going on in my mind back then. That's kind of interesting. And uh, it's very, yeah. very telling. But uh, you might discover something in there that uh, might help you along the way. So Yeah. And if it's really confusing and you just can't figure it out, give me a call. Call into my radio show. I always give the number out. It's live. And I had two callers last night. Call in and we'll figure out your dream together. Very cool. So <laughs> can't get better than that. Well, thank you so much, Kat. Thank you for talking to us today. And uh, it was a pleasure. And I will be talking to you again very soon. Thanks, Amelia Knapp. It's been great being on your show. And I'm so glad we connected on Twitter. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, if you want to connect with Kat or me or anybody else uh, on the show, I remember I always give the links in the description box below wherever this is going to appear, uh, whatever pod uh, catcher that you're using. So uh, be sure to check that out and uh, connect with people. That's what the internet and social media is all about. So, okay, Kat, thank you so much. Thank you, Nap, and uh, you've got a great audience, I'm sure. I hope they enjoy the show. I'm sure they will. Thank you so much, and bye. Bye. So that was our first show back from Christmas break. Thank you so much to Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. You can check her out at KathleenO'KeefeCannabis.com. Check out her Facebook, and that's slash Cat Cannabis Show. Or you can check out her Twitter, and that is at Kathleen Cannabis. Special thanks to Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer. Our You Mind theme is Demilitarized Zone by Ethan Mexell. Great job, Ethan, as always. You can help support the show by going to Patreon.com slash or buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap for small one-time donations. Check out my website, www.lostbreadcomic.com, or just 
follow us. And you can do that on all of our social media sites. That is down below in the description box. And Cat's Info is going to be down there too. So if you want to follow us, if you want to learn more about dreams, if you want to get in touch, you just want to say hi, have a dream you wanted to interpret, check that description box below. And thank you so much for watching. Special thanks to The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and Neil, who are our patrons. And we could not do it without you guys. Thank you so much. And a special welcome to Neil, who's new in the Patreon game. So thank you, Neil. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, hopefully I will see you real soon with a hot new episode. Lots of fun things planned for this year. So talk to you later. Bye.